The problem is that when the subject of troll romance is broached, our sparing human intellects instantly assume the most ingratiating posture of surrender imaginable. But we will do our best to understand regardless. Humans have only one form of romance, and though we consider it a complicated subject spanning a wide range of emotions, societal conventions, and implications for reproduction, it is ultimately a superficial slice of what trolls consider the full body of romantic experience. Our concept of romance, in spite of its capacity to fill our art and literature and to rule our individual destinies like little else, is still just that. A single, linear concept. A concept usually denoted by a single symbol. A heart. Troll romance is more complicated than Troll romance needs four symbols. Are we finally learning about troll romance? She rolls, are you ready? Fuck yes, I'm ready! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so ready! (laughs) Oh, let me get my notebook, hold on! (laughs) I'm ready to go to class, Molly! (laughs) Hold on! Alright, got him a pen. Uh, well, it's up to you now. Next! <laughs> so, we see on the screen, the panel says red romance yep. and black romance for the top and bottom mm-hmm. of this axis. And we have conciliatory and compution for uh, right and left, respectively. Mm-hmm. Their understanding of romance is divided into halves and then halved again, producing four quadrants. The flushed quadrant, the col- Ligwinous quadrant, the pale quadrant, and the ashen quadrant. Each quadrant is grouped by the half they share, whether horizontally or vertically, depending on the overlapping properties one examines. The sharpest dichotomy from an emotional perspective is drawn between red romance and black romance. Red romance, comprised of the flushed and pale quadrants, is a form of romance rooted in the strongly positive emotions. Black romance, with its caligonous and ashen quadrants, is rooted in the strongly negative. On the other hand, the vertical bifurcation has to do with the purpose of the relationship, regardless of the emotions behind it. Those quadrants which are compution, flushed, and caligonous have to do with the facilitating of the reproductive cycle of trolls. Those which are conciliatory, the pale and ashen, would be more closely likened to platonic friendships by human standards. There are more parallels between human relationships and the various facets of troll romance. Humans have words to describe the relationships of a negative nature, or of a platonic nature. The difference is, for humans, those relationships would never be conceptually grouped with romance. Establishing establishing those relationships for humans is not driven by the same primal forces that drive our tendency to couple romantically. But for trolls, these primal forces involve themselves in the full palette of these relationships, red or black, toward or friendly. Trolls typically feel strongly compelled to find balance in each quadrant and seek gratifying relationships that each describes. The challenge is particularly torturous for young trolls, who must reconcile the wide range of contradictory emotions associated with this matrix, while understanding the nature of their various romantic urges for the first time. Of course, young humans have this challenge too, but for trolls, the challenge is fourfold. Okay, no, I, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Alright. Alright, well, let's examine Flush Quadrant. Uh, so we see the heart, and for an example, we see Mom and Dad. Oh. Uh, so we see that panel where they were holding hands looking at Sky. Still a good, a real good panel. It's very good, with the scarf and all that. Uh-huh. When two individuals find themselves in a flush quadrant together, they're said to be mate sprits. Mate spritship is the closest parallel to the human concept of romance trolls have. It plays a role in the troll's reproductive cycle, just as it does for humans. This is pretty obvious. Not much more needs to be said about this. 
moving right along. Okay, so basically the Flush Quadrant is essentially, like, just stereotypical romance. It's, yeah, it's stereotypical love. Yeah, cool, gotcha. Examine Caligonus Quadrant. So for this, we see a spade, and in we see uh, Jack Noir in the Black Queen. When a pair of adversaries delve into this quadrant, they become each other's kismesis. As one of the compucient quadrants, it plays a role in procreation as well. There's no particularly good human translation for this concept. The closest would be an especially potent arch-rivalry. For instance, human players would never be able to adequately diagnose the relationship between the queen and her archagent, but troll players could immediately place it as a dead ringer for Kismesis's dude. They would think we were all pretty stupid for not getting it, and they would be right. Molly, is it bad that I find the Black Queen really hot in this picture? No, this is a good pick of the Black Queen. Is, I'm just saying. No, like, no you're okay. I'm glad I'm, I get you. I'm glad I'm with safe you. company on this, but just... You're... Listen, this is a safe space. <laughs> uh, Ashley and I have said much worse about other characters, and it's gonna be okay. Just... God. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Also, okay, this makes sense. Uh, yeah, this is basically just hate-fucking. Yeah, I was gonna say, this is... Okay. This is... <laughs> Andrew says, listen, there's we can't understand this possibly, and then everybody is just like, no. It's hate-fucking. Hussy, my friend. Yeah. It's hate fucking. I was going to say, like, oh no, it's not at all like people ship arch nemeses with each other. Like, God. No. Mm mm. Let's just, let's just ignore the, I'm just going to throw this out there, millions of Harry Draco fix. Oh, Christ. Why do we have to keep talking about Harry I'm Potter? Sorry, I, that was my easy go to. Like, uh huh. Listen, listen. No, it is. I get it. I mean, my other reference that was my go-to, which says a lot about me, was like, I mean, let's just go with Mobile Suit Gundam Zeros at 79 and just say Char and uh, fucking Amuro. Like, those are kismesis, like... I kind of get it. Like, I kind of understand the words you're saying, but they don't have any context. Right, I mean, it's basically just like, oh, these two people fucking hate each other, but also they want to hate-fuck each other. Sure. Next. Trolls have a complicated reproductive cycle. It's probably best not to examine it in much detail. They need to seek out compucient partners when it comes with more urgency than typical reproductive instincts. When the Imperial drone comes knocking, you'd better be able to supply genetic material to each of his filial pales. If you have nothing to offer, he will kill you without hesitation. The genetic material, without going into much detail, is a com- uh, combinative genetic mix from the mates and Kismesis pairs respectively. The pails are all offered to the mother grub, who can only receive such pre-combined material. She then combines all of it in one incestuous slurry and begins her brooding. That doesn't mean the initial combination was for naught, however. In the slurry, more dominant genes rise to the fore, while the more recessive find less representation in the brood. Especially strong matesprit and kismesis pairings yield more dominant genetic material. The more powerful or complement or potent the rivalry, the more dominant the genes. Draw production re sure is wild. We all take a moment to lament how pedestrian the human reproductive system is, and further lament that the phrase incestuous slurry is not a feature of karmic parlance in human civilization. First of all, I do like that it says, best not to examine in much detail, Q, four paragraphs. Yeah. Um, second, just imagining it out if in our day-to-day lives, like, oh, it's time to have a baby, just have the golem come around to your, <laughs> to your fucking door and go, come bucket. <laughs> 
Like, okay, honey. <laughs> okay, it's time to go. <laughs> the scary man's at the door. Did you get the bucket? Here's the cup, sir. Uh, it's, it's a little cup bucket. Like, it is. It's that. Like, it's exactly that. I didn't say genetic material, which can mean blood or any other thing. But no, it, com- it come can mean on. a lot of things. Like, like literally. Yeah. yeah, no, you're not wrong. God, just this picture yep. of this horrifying, spiky, fucking lurching drone with two enormous yep. buckets. It's bad. This is the hate cum bucket. This is the love cum bucket. Julie. What? Spare me. <laughs> Should I just stop saying cum bucket? Like, uh, would, you, would you rather me say, say cum receptacle? Like... Maybe. That might be better. Okay. <laughs> Noted. Except Orgasm receptacle. <sighs> okay, so on this one, we see Vriska and Tavros on the left and right in a spade. Nope, excuse me, this is not a spade, this is a Thank club. You. And at the top uh, is Kanaya. Huh. This quadrant involves a particular type of three-way relationship of a black romantic nature. Falling on the conciliatory side, it has no bearing on the reproductive cycle except for indirect ramifications. When two trolls are locked in a feud or some otherwise contentious relationship, one can intervene and become their auspitus. The auspitus mediates between the two, playing the role of a peacekeeper, preventing the feud from boiling over into a fully polygonous rivalry. Since such lesser feuds are quite common among trolls, there is a significant need for auspitusing parties. Without them, too many ashen feuds will become polygonous and begin to conflict with other exclusive Kismesis relationships, leading to a great deal of social complexity and sore feelings, even more so than black romance usually involves. Without auspicitism, the result would be widespread black infidelity. So it's basically a love triangle. Well, yes and no. Right. It's two people who really hate each other going at it, but there's somebody in between to make sure it doesn't get too bad. Yeah, okay, so it's a hate triangle. Yeah, kind of, except (laughs) in this particular instance, like, neither of them hate Kanaya. They hate each other. Okay, that's fair. And Kanaya's mediating. Okay, yeah, I see what... It's almost couples therapy, except for hate couples. Right, okay. (laughs) God. And the goal is to hate each other, but not too much. Right, like, okay, like, you two can have a healthy amount of dislike for each other, but also, don't fucking kill each other. And don't fuck, either. Don't, don't, don't. Just please don't. God, no. Just, like, I'm sorry, no. (laughs) Like... I like Tavros, but no. <laughs> Next. Uh, so we see the robot body that was made for a radio mm-hmm. and Equius swapping between a heart and a spade here. The relationships in each quadrant describes tend to be malleable, if not volatile, especially on the computation half where more torrid emotions reside. It doesn't take much to flip a switch and transmute black ROM feelings into red ROM and vice versa. In many cases, one party will have red feelings while the other has black, but it will be often the case that the party's feelings will swap to match the others, since there's no quadrant which naturally accommodates such a disparity. But thereafter, it's not uncommon for the two to toggle between red and black in unison now and then. These scenarios naturally result in both red and black infidelities. This sort of relationship 
The volatility is why conciliatory relationships are an important part of troll romance. So it's just on again, off again. No. The relationship never breaks up, but they just kind of hate each other instead of loving each other. But that's okay, because they still get the stuff done. So it's basically a a long-term marriage gone bad. Right, except sometimes it turns good and then bad again, well, so that's no, considered yeah, like normal for their culture. have the good moments, but... Yes. Yeah. Okay, but... But it's not considered to be, air quotes, bad. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Alright, next. Uh, so we see here, um, Kanaya swapping out of Tavros and Briska, who are, uh, facilitating back and forth between red and black romance. An auspitus can stabilize particularly turbulent relationships. If the auspitus fails to mediate properly or has no interest in the role, or perhaps has direct romantic intentions him or herself altogether, then the relationship can often quickly deteriorate into one of an especially hostile and torrid nature. There are many outside factors and influences tugging and pulling these relationships in different directions, and unlike humans who have very orderly, simple, straightforward romantic relationships, without exception... Trolls exist in a state of almost perpetual confusion and generally have no idea what the hell's going on. Being confused by troll relationships is one thing we do have in common, though. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That lines up. Yeah. Examine Pale Quadrant. This quadrant presides over more allegiance, the other conciliatory relationship. A reasonable human translation would be the concept of a soulmate, but in a more platonic sense and with a more specific social purpose. Trolls are a very angry and violent race. Some are more hot-tempered and dangerous than others to the extent that if left to their own devices they would present a serious threat to society or even to themselves. Such trolls will have an instinctive, pale attraction to an even more even-tempered troll, who may become their morale. The morale is obliged to pacify the other, to function as the better half. The two partners in a strong, pale relationship will serve to balance and complement each other's emotional profiles, and thus allow their other relationships to be more successful. It's often ambiguous, especially among young trolls, whether a bond formed between an acquaintance is true moral allegiance, or the usual variety of platonic involvement. Furthermore, romantic intentions of a more flushed nature can often be mistaken for paler leanings, much to the frustration of the suitor. But some pale pairings, as the one above, will be strikingly obvious to those who know them. And above, we see Nepeta and Equius. Okay. That actually puts their relationship into a better light, in my opinion. Yeah, a little bit. Just like, okay, someone needs to, like, balance out Equius's bullshit. Yeah, but Equius still sucks. No, no, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, throw that dude into a trash pile. Absolutely. Every day. Just give Nepeta her own quadrant. Yeah. Next. And yet others will seem to have been hatched for each other. Okay. So we see, uh, I'll give you this one. This is Fafarian and Aridin, mm-hmm. Uh And we see a diamond between them. I do like that Aridin still has the fucking Fago bottle that Gamzee... That washed up on shore. Yeah, the yep. Gamzee launched out. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. That also, like, okay, I ma- that makes their relationship make a bit more sense as well. From what little we've gathered so far. God damn it, the sex command was actually going to be kind of what I was thinking. Well, here we go. Wait, more troll romance exposition, please. God, you just can't get enough of this, can you? That would have been a great point for a transition out of this illustrated sociological study, but okay if you insist. Now, see, what's going on here is, 
It's perfectly simple. When the full matrix of troll romance is in action, we have, uh... Hey, why don't you figure it out? You should be an expert on all this by now anyway. No, this makes sense. Uh, there's a whole mess of shit going on right here, but if you pay attention long enough, I'm not gonna go into no, it. No, yeah, I mean, um, like... We see Tavros and Kanai and Friska and Aridin and, uh, Fairy. It, it just, um, it just kind of showcases everything of that happen. we've, like, been told already. Right, and it ends with, like, Aridin uh, asking Kanaya to auspitous between him and Friska. Yeah. Alright, that makes sense. Yep. Alright, next. <laughs> Later, our troll hero would try to explain this to our human hero, attempting to convey all the nuance of troll romance through a nearly verbatim recitation of the preceding excerpts. He would try to describe how rich and textured the troll romantic comedies were compared to the one-dimensional schlock of our human cinematic counterparts. He would barely scratch the surface of troll Will Smith's virtuosity with a delicate lattice of troll romance, as he would assist the bumbling, fudge-blooded troll Kevin James through the interwoven minefield briar patch of red rom and black rom entanglements, all the while sifting through his own prickly romantic situation and ultimately learning the true meaning of hate and pity. But would they succeed before the Imperial drone came knocking with his thirsty pails at the ready? Yes, they would. But John didn't understand any of this because he's a moron, and because he wouldn't shut up his awful bullshit Earth movies. He would just go on and on about that garbage. God, this is... This is actually me as the person who's way into, like, romance and rom-coms and stuff, trying to talk to someone who just doesn't <laughs> get romance in general. Yeah. Just, God. Oh, Julie. Fuck. Poor you. Ugh... <laughs> Next. But if there was one theme to be hammered through his thick skull, it would be the troll's cultural preoccupation with romantic destiny. Yes, the romantic landscape is rife with false starts and miscues and infidelities, red and black, but every troll believes strongly that each quadrant holds one and only one true pairing for them, and it is just a matter of time before the grid's filled with auspicious matchups through the mysterious channels of troll serendipity. In short, their belief is that for each quadrant, there exists a pair or triad of trolls somewhere in the cosmos that were... Next. Made for each other. Wow, another great transition. You wonder <laughs> if it'll stick this time. You have no choice but to take a stab at the rare and extremely dangerous 2X transition combo. Uh, and we're back on the screen with Fairy and Aridin. 2X transition combo is an amazing tag team wrestling name. For you and Ashley, uh, two X transition combo. I was gonna, God damn it! I was gonna make the, the HRT yep. joke. Damn. <laughs> two times transition combo is me on estrogen and progesterone. <laughs> yes. God, uh, just for any Comrade fans out there, this like <laughs> me on estrogen and progesterone is the punch hopper kick hopper duo of HRT. Julie, <laughs> what? I'm sure somebody appreciates that, huh? I said I'm sure somebody out there appreciates that. I got you back, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Shoutouts. Attempt two times transition combo. God, I can't think of it without that fucking context I added to it now. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like it worked. So who is this guy, anyway? Enter name. Your name is Aridin Empora. Looks like a douchebag. He is riding a seahorse. Which is cool, but he's not. With a douchey scarf. He's he's kind of a hipster. I was gonna say, like... He's a bit of a hipster. Everything about, like... Everything about this look in, like, 
pieces is fine. But put together, oh, buddy. Put together, oh. yeah. He's got... His horns are... They have, like, two 90-degree angles in them. <laughs> so they end up pointing up, right, and then up. Uh, he's got fins on his face, because he's one of the water trolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has uh, striped pants, uh, a blue scarf, and purple and blue shoes. Oh, it looks like... He, uh... God, he he looks like that dude who got into, into Doctor Who during the David Tennant era, and then but still keeps keeps going on about how he only likes the original stuff actually, and he listens to all Great. the big finished plays and everything, which is fine. But he doesn't like ever be honest about the fact that no, he fucking got in during the Tennant era, which right, is again, of course, also fine. Just be fucking honest about it. Just say you did. God, also. Man, it says something that a lot of my references just keep going back to Doctor Who when it comes to bad fashion. They sure do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, listen, I've seen some of that. It's not oh, good. Oh, as someone who did used to wear a tweed jacket because of Doctor Who. Oh, I... oh Julie. Listen, I, I never wear a monocle. That's that's all I'm going to say. Well, at least you got that. Aridin, do something awesome. Will you see a close-up of his face? Next... Looks like he's pulling his gun. Yeah, he's got like a harpoon gun, doesn't he? Yeah, something like that. Next. Wait for it. Next. Wait. Next. So we see him flying over the ocean on a seahorse. Yeah. And now he's... He's looking at the clouds. Next. Whale! <laughs> there she blows. A white whale. Whale is a good onomatopoeia. It is. Next. Swoop! Oh shit, it's a sky whale! It's a sky whale. Next. Uh, and it is bearing down on him. Next. That gun fires lasers. Fuck yeah, that's shit. That's that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I It's cool. No joke, just before we started this, I was watching um an like anime like spotlight on animation, specifically a specific like animator in the industry. And yeah. one of them is Seon uh Seon Jun, who is a uh, like Korean mechanical animator in Japan. Basically does a lot of like the gun stuff. Um, okay. <laughs> there was a little bit in the, like, spotlight where it was just like, welcome to, welcome to his class on how to make lasers look cool. How do you make lasers look cool, class? Well, first of all, you start by charging them up, firing multiple lasers, and then you have the lasers combine and sparkle and bloom and then stop for a moment, and then there's rings <laughs> appear on them, and then they explode into a giant laser, and you just destroy the entire landscape. <laughs> Agree. It's like, Agree. That's, yeah, that's actually... Like it's like, man, this My is man so unnecessary, it. but so fucking cool. Yes. Next. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a that's a big hit. That's a big hit. That whale's just like Whoa. shoots it right through the belly. That that's a that whale's done. Yep. Next. And it goes falling towards the ocean. Next. Fish food. Have you seen what happens like 
to a whale after it dies. It's pretty cool, actually. No. That, wow, that may have been one of the most Dave Strider things I've ever said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was really cool. There was an experiment done a while back because no one has ever actually seen what happens to a whale naturally after it dies for a while. Sure. And it, yeah. finally, uh, team scientists were able to secure a fresh whale carcass and they dropped it basically in like the San Francisco Bay. Okay. And letting it sit there, they observed that that whale basically basically becomes its own ecosystem. Okay. Because it's so cool in that it it's so big, it deteriorates, which becomes food and like a whole home for other smaller types of species. Well, yeah, I mean, whales are huge, so it only makes sense. Yeah, so it's, I don't know, that's kind of cool that like it's... Like that fantasy thing of when you see villages and stuff taking place in, like, the bones of giants and such. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it makes perfect sense, yeah. yeah. It's really actually cool seeing that, and it's like, it. it's kind of that, you know, beauty in death sort of way. Like, sure. like at least something, is, this is contributing to something else. Yeah. Next. <laughs> okay, that guy's pretty much squared away. What about her? Enter name. Your name is Fafari Pixis. Fafari, do something adorable. She's swimming. I like her. Her hair's flying around. Uh, quick rundown of uh, Fafari. She's got goggles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a tiara. She has a um, double-sided trident. Um, and she's got a like very bright blue, pink, and green skirt. It's great. Man, maybe this should be the color combo for Summer Rider Lotus. Maybe. It's pretty good. Nobody's going to know that you did it after Fafari for a long time. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's the perfect crime. It's the perfect crime. Next. She flies up to the dead whale. Oh, uh, next. Or swims, I guess, is the right word. It, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it's in the water now. Oh, she gets it in a net. Next. And she's dragging it along with her trident. This is already very adorable. She's very strong. She's very strong. I identify with this. Yeah. Next. She's dragging it down. Ooh. Yeah, that is deep. Yeah. Next. Yeah, and she's in the dark in front of some eyes. Oh, God. Or something in front of some circles. Next. And she lets the whale out. Next. Ooh. And a tentacle comes to get it. So remember how big that whale was, Jules? Yeah! This tentacle's a lot bigger. This tentacle's at least, I want to say, like five whales long. (laughs) Minimum. And, like, that's not even the whole tentacle, I bet. (laughs) No. Next. Ooh. So we see it picked up, and it's very small. Next. Oh. And it goes to put it in its beak. Oh, it's a squid. Next. Octopus. Oh, oh. And that beak is part of a much larger thing. Next. Oh. Which is part of a much larger thing. Oh. Oh. Next. Which is part of a much larger thing. Ha, Hey, oh. Ha, ho. Hey. You can't even see the first beak anymore. 
it's very it's it's almost indistinguishable from the rest of the stuff Ooh. on this guy. This Lucis is huge. That's... Oh, <laughs> fuck! Hey, Jules, it's been a while since I said this. Uh-huh. Why is there an arm up there? Oh shit! God damn it! <laughs> you can't just camouflage that shit, Hus. God, fuck you! He camouflages a lot of them. Oh, Feffery, go home. That should keep her quiet for a while. At least until she dies. That's nice. Well, at least you know the big monster's gonna die. Well, I don't have a problem with the big monster. It's more just like, that's that's big. Yeah, it's very big. Jesus. She big. <laughs> mm, no, I'm not gonna say anything that just came to my head. Okay. Aridin, go home. Uh, so Aridin's home, so we forgot. Fairies looks like kind of a traditional fortress kind of palace looking It kind of looks like the sort of castle you would put in a very nice fish tank. Yes. Uh, and Aridin is a shipwreck. Yes, he is. That should keep her happy for a while. And make a freshly orphaned troll somewhere pretty sad. Oh. That that was somebody's loses. Yeah, I was about to say, actually. Like, yeah, it was why, like, oh... Yeah. You can't feed that to the... Oh, no! Yeah. Oh, that's so sad, actually! Yeah. That's so fucked up, Molly! It's not good. It's... Hey, Jules? Troll culture's pretty fucked up. Holy shit, that's so fucked up! Oh. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Aridin. Examine block. You conveniently return to your respite block so, we may, so that we may study your variety of interests. That was very considerate of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we see him. There's some gold. Uh, we kind of see a computer over there in the corner. He's got some guns. Okay. Uh, and some statues of wizards? Yeah, troll wizards, it looks like. Yeah. Next. Flowing through your veins is nearly the richest blood the Hemospectrum has to offer. Penultimate on the scale. As such, you're a sea dweller, a subrace of trolls distinct from the commoners by mutation and habitat, a caste which rules over the entire species. But ruling in your view is not enough. You have an overpowering genocide complex and have made it your sworn duty to kill all land dwellers. You've amassed resources and deadly weaponry from around the world for this ambition through many sweeps of extreme roleplay while pursuing a working doomsday device which will bring Armageddon to all those on the surface. Haven't had much luck with that, but maybe tonight's your night. You hold a fascination for military history and legendary conquerors. You have dubiously modeled your profile and exploits after the most notorious figures in their stories, which are bristling with the glory of victory and the sting of defeat, political machinations, and romantic intrigue. It's an image you're careful to craft through exaggerated emotional theatrics, and your penchant for mass murder notwithstanding, people tend to regard you as a bit of a tool. You also like magic even though you want to be fake. Like a made-up friend, the way wizards are. Made up to make-believe fakey-fake-fakes. It's still fun, though. Your troll tag is Caligula's Aquarium, and you speak with a very weird and sort of wavy-sounding accent. You hold off on doing anything for the moment on account of courtesy to fellow royalty. I was not ready for your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. 
Honestly, no joke, Molly. That might be that voice, the way you do it, and the way like I've heard Ashley do it now. That might be the biggest twist I've experienced in Let Me Tell You About Homestuck. <laughs> so far. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's just the voice for Aerodin. Jeez. <laughs> Fuck. That is that is Ashley and I's agreed upon Aerodin voice. <laughs> God. He's got a shitty southern accent. No, that's fair, that's fair. We'll see how you feel about yeah. my accent for him. I'm ready. I'm so ready. <laughs> also, yeah, I just... Man, this... God, this dude. This is... Yeah. I knew so many he dudes like this conquerors. in high school. Yeah. Hold a fascination for military history and legendary conquerors. <laughs> Call me later, buddy. Grow up. God. Uh, hey, Jules. Mm-hmm. This is Ashley's troll. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Hachimashi. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm sorry, Ashley. Girl. Sorry, Ashley. That's, that's really unfair to you, honestly. We're here for you. We're going to get Ashley a support card. <laughs> Feffery, examine block. On the subject of courtesy, you've also returned to your block so we can get a better look at you. Again, quite considerate. Royalty sure is civilized. Ah, this is sea pony. They're sea ponies. Multiple sea ponies. <laughs> Next. Oh, oh, she also has octopus uh, carpet. Oh, she does. Very that's, good. That's, that's badass. And a troll iPad. Mm-hmm. And you said next. <gasps> you are also a sea dweller. You have the most noble blood possible, the only of your kind known to possess it, and the only share it with the globe. Oh boy, this thing's a hell. Globe, globe, a steep sea monster also known as the Rift's Carbuncle, emissary to the horror terrors, or in more hushed tones, speaker of the vast globe. This makes you the heir apparent for Alternian rulership, which ordinarily would place you in considerable jeopardy. Her imperious condescension would steer the flagship from the fleet and make an attempt on your life herself, if not for the protection of your monstrous Lucis. And if not forewarned of your race's extinction by the whispers of that Lucis, you would have big plans for the throne. All the plans. All of them. You would redefine what it means to be cold in troll society. Under your rule, it would mean caring for the unfit and infirm rather than exterminating them, and you've put this idea into practice by calling the fauna of the deep. You tend to wild and beautiful aquatic hoof beasts, grooming and feeding them daily, and you capture and cage cuttlefish by the thousands for their own good, and also because they're funny and colorful and you love them. They often swim through the bars of their cages, but that's fine. You run your whole palace as a sort of wildlife adoption facility, even if the wildlife's need for care is dubious at best, and the practice really just amounts to an elaborate role-playing scenario. It's so fun, though. You would also look forward to using your reign to unite the two races. You were told you would do this one day by your Lucis, even if it does contradict her message of extinction. Oh well, you suppose not all prophecies can come true. Your troll tag is Cuttlefish Color, and you have a hard time not getting really excited about practically everything! Okay, I... A, I do like... Man, these sea ponies are adorable. The sea ponies are... You know, just the land ponies it's just, it's just with the tails. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> They're mer ponies. They're mer ponies. Also, yeah, I'd also like, you know, it's kind of dubious how much these 
sea creatures actually need care. Like, <laughs> I just like taking care of them. Yeah, but there's an Fefri, There's an ecosystem. You don't gotta take care of everything. Like, <laughs> well, she wants to. I appreciate uh, the gumption, but like, oh, actually, this is... listen, Julie. She's royalty. I mean, this is, this is kind of me as a kid. Like, <laughs> kind of, you know, I gotta say, she's kind of like a princess. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> kind of, kind of a princess to take care of a lot of animals. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. I just think it's kind of strange that uh, that she does that. You know, mm. she's kind of like a princess that takes care of animals. Uh, nothing, nothing in particular about that, though. Next. <laughs> what will you both do? <laughs> Erdin and Fifery. Do something ridiculous. We see uh, fairy on one of her ponies. Yes. Again, I need a screen cap of my face right now. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next. Fuck yes. <laughs> Alright, that's... Aridin on a seahorse. That's cool. I wouldn't mind a seahorse mount. Seahorses are cool. Seahorses are pretty fucking cool. Alright, next. Hell. And now Fafari's wearing cowgirl yes. hat. Next. Fucking. <laughs> Aridin has a fucking wizard hat on and he has a uh, wand and next to it says fake, fake. I feel like the wand is in the shape of his horns as well. Right. Next. Yes. And they fist bump over the water. Alright. Yeah. These two are made for each other. <laughs> Little bit. Aridin, bother Feffery. Who do you want? Oh, also, I just... God, that text is hard to discern from each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of your pick here, because I know you were having trouble reading Feferi's before. Yeah, I'll just get used to it, like, uh, hearing what, how you say it. So, uh, time to debut my Aridin voice. Yeah, go for it. All right. And he starts, doesn't he? Yeah. Caligula's Aquarium began trolling Cuttlefish Color. Fifth. Hey. Hmm? Glub. Glub, glub. Yeah. Hmm. What is it? What? I'm wondering if you could forego the exaggerated emotional theatrics for once and actually tell me what's on your mind. Nothing's on my mind. Why can't I just fucking talk and glub at you for a reason I don't have? Uh. Well, fine. But you don't want to hear it. Yes, I do. We're supposed to talk to each other. That's what Morials are for. Uh-huh. Whatever. Glub, 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 sigh. Will you take the chip off your nub and tell me what's the matter? Yeah, well, okay, since we are the palest of pals a guy could ever ask for, I will tell you, even though you will only humor me as usual since you don't agree with my agenda, any of my agendas, really, none of the agendas, none of them, are you fretting over another one of these dumb contraptions? See? More condescension. You're going to make a hell of an empress. Uh, 
No, I'm not, but that's beside the point. None of your plots to kill the land dwellers ever work out, and every doomsday device you get your hands on turns out to be a piece of junk. So, I gotta keep trying. That's how all the great military masterminds became great, through upright perseverance. I think deep down you stack these plots against you so you fail because you know what's wrong. It isn't wrong. I'm not going to explain it to you again. At this point, all you need to know is it's important to me, and I'm doing it for us. I mean, our kind. Nobody understands, not even you. This is the last time I will say this. We are not better than anybody, Glub. Hemospectrum begs to differ. If you're sickened by them as you say, why do you spend so much time on land? You can't have the sort of affinity for our kind that you professed if you spent, what, a few days underwater, maybe, in your whole life? Whatever. I have to keep an eye on, a, on them up there. It's all about tactics. What about your friends? You ever think about them? If they're beneath you, then they have to die too. And I know you like talking to some of them. You say you hate them, but I think you're pretending. History is full of cases where conquerors consort with members of the enemy in a manly way before wiping them out. Even going as far as growing fond of some. It's only civilized. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a fishy feeling that this is sort of stupid doomsday machine thing is not another excuse to consort with someone in particular. All your feelings are fishy. Hmm. Glub, 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 glub. <gasps> Don't you glub in that tone of glub with me, mister. I'll glub in whatever dumbass bubbly sounding fish noise I want to glub. Oh shit, you are angling for so much trouble now. Okay, please, let's just not get into the whole fucking fish pun thing again, okay? Like, we get it. We are nautically themed. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know why she ignores me. I guess she's just bored with me. We had it all set up for her to give me this thing tonight that probably doesn't even work. But yeah, maybe that wasn't the point. I mean, you think we have a pretty good rivalry going on right now? Or at least had. It was pretty fucking bitter and contentious for a while there, and there was some good chemistry. I don't know what happened. Uh, I guess? I wouldn't really know. Sometimes people just drift away, I think, or just aren't into the quadrant as the other wants to be. So you really think your feelings for her run that dark? Doesn't matter. Like I said, she's bored shitless. I guess I'm not as good an adversary as I thought. That is so ridiculous. Any girl will be lucky to have a cosmesis as diabolical as you, especially that one. Who knows what her problem is? She has issues. Yeah. Well, okay, thanks for saying so. You know, I'm not sure why we never talk about our romantic aspirations. We should more often. It's kind of exciting. Shrug. Probably because you fill your gossip quota with nubby horned bro. You leave nothing left to talk about with your dear sweet Moirail. We're supposed to help each other with that stuff too, remember? Maybe. Seems kinda... odd, though. Your stupid fishy face is what's odd. Have you ever thought about that? Fine. Well, those are my stupid feelings about 
what about yours? Seems to me like you get along too well with everybody to be harboring any black sentiments. Um, yeah, I can't think of anybody I feel that way about. Maybe I am just not old enough to have those feelings yet. We are still pretty young, you know. Yeah. So, okay, those are your black leanings. What about Red Aridin? Hmm? Oh, God. Is there a lucky lady you're waxing scarlet for? Or lucky fellow? Tell me! Don't pretend you're all embarrassed suddenly. Okay, Fef. This is none of your damn business. I gotta go. Be back later when it's time to play. Caligula's Aquarium cease trolling cuttlefish color. Aridin's kind of fun to voice. It's really cool. <laughs> Aridin's really fun to voice. He's the shadiest douchebag, but he's yep. fun. Also, what do you think my real blue blood has blue blood? <laughs> I dig it. I'm into it. <laughs> also, God, just what a shitty dude. <laughs> like, what a shitty dude. God. I don't have friends. I just have people like I talk with because they're the enemy. Because you've got to keep your enemies close. Like, no, 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 no. I'm going to fucking kill all of them, Fifth. I'm Alexander the Great! Look at me ride my stupid horse! Fucking fucking troll Alexander the Great. What a douche. He would play he would fucking play Greece in Civ 4. Oh absolutely. Actually no Civ 5. Man, I forget which Civ we're on at the moment. Whatever, Civ. We're on Civ 6. Alright, it's a Civ 5. God. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Awesome, yeah, fuck fucking Alexander the Great in Civ 5 is the biggest piece of shit. What a Oh, hi, I'm on my horse. I'm going to take everything. Oh, you want a little bit of land? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you, Alexander. Get out of here. Aaron, go get a beverage. Another emotionally exhausting (laughs) conversation. Too many feelings and problems. Couldn't be any clearer to you. You and the sea princess have splashed down hard in the Moirail zone, and now you don't know which way's upward. Perhaps tonight you'll reveal your true feelings towards her. And end these exaggerated emotional theatrics once and for all, one way or another. You need a stiff drink. But, not this swill. You're not that desperate. No one should be that desperate for Fago. He's holding to Fago. Yeah, like, come on. Also, <laughs> yeah, come on. this shitty douchebag who just acts like a dick to the girl he likes, even though she's his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God. Get it together, Aridan. Please. Oh, he, he's, he thinks he's in the friend zone, doesn't he? Like... Yeah, the Moy Rail Zone's the yeah, friend the, zone. Yeah, God, oh, oh yep. I hate him. Yep. Oh, he's like bad. Doug. He's bad. Aridin, check fridge. Meet Doug from hit Nickelodeon television show, Doug. Yeah, Doug Funny. Doug Funny, fucking douchebag. What's fucking, oh, I'm in the friends of oh, Patty. Oh. <laughs> you pay a visit to the common land... Oh, excuse me. You pay a visit to what the common land dwellers refer to as a thermal hole instead of the more aristocratic and especially esoteric and alien-sounding term, refrigerator. God, I love how many times it comes up that refrigerator is just yep. a funny word. Yep. It's also, good. yeah, when you think about it, like, <laughs> refrigerator is a kind of weird thermal word. Like, it's a bit of a weird word. You're not wrong. Aridin, open it. A bunch of unbelievably shitty wands tumble out. Of course he knew these were in there. 
you're not even sure why you looked. Oh god, no, this is Dave Strider if Dave Strider was also bro at the same time. Yeah, I was gonna say, except Aaron takes care of himself, so this is really his own yeah, fault. Yeah, like, god, this isn't an abusive situation, this is just him being an idiot. Yep. <sighs> Feffrey, go get a beverage. Another emotionally exhausting conversation. Too many feelings and problems. That guy. Talk about a high-maintenance boy rail. Perhaps tonight you'll reveal your true feelings towards him and end these exaggerated emotional theatrics one way or another. You need a sugary drink. She's holding a can of tab. It's pretty good, but also, God, this is the most het relationship. Yep. Also, same. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I didn't Look, not my fault. My boyfriend was very good at hiding his crush on me for three whole goddamn years. He wasn't that good at it. What do you mean? No, nothing. I, towards the end, he wasn't very good at oh, it. Well, yeah, because he and I were actively engaging in stuff. Oh, I'm just saying. Why, do you know something? No, 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 no. <laughs> Next. No, I don't know anything. Uh-huh, sure, okay. No, but really, okay, I Okay, I know. <laughs> Underwater. I do like that. Also, I do like that, yeah, the tab just kind of floats out of the can. Yeah, she's underwater. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's, oh, there is a whole Futurama episode where they accidentally land themselves in, like, a mermaid city underwater. Yeah. And <laughs> during it, like, Dr. Zoyberg creates his own little home with from a shell. Just oh, It's a whole bit on, like, hermit crabs and everything. Right, and he, it looks like a white picket suburban fence home he's made for the shell. And by the end of it, he's just like, "Well, I guess this is where we part. I guess I'll live here." He turns around, and his house, his shell is burnt down. Oh. <laughs> and they just go, "Wait, that doesn't make any sense." I remember that. I remember that. And then Bender walks over and just goes, "Well, that's where I left my cigar." And then the punch goes, "That makes even less sense. That just raises more questions." Like. It's very good. How did you slip? What the fuck? God. God. Next. <laughs> this is stupid. Yeah. fairy drinking underwater tab. <laughs> this is a good gif. Club. <laughs> Feffery, disarm. You decide to unwind and take your mind off the drama for a while before starting the game. You nearly forgot this is going to be an exciting night. Everything you're about to do next is exciting. It's always exciting. You are excited. You unequipped Udon's Intente, a golden double calling fork, a legendary weapon reserved for royalty and generally only used for ceremonial purposes. Huh. Also, yeah. uh, so she's a two by three didn't kind. <laughs> God. Yep. Also, yeah. Feffrey is kind to me with the whole thing. This is going to be exciting. Let's do it, guys. Come on. Julie, she's very She's you. very me. But this isn't the character I think is Okay. Me. All right. I was wondering, actually. Mm-hmm. Nope. Aridin, disarm. You unequip Ahab's crosshairs, which is yet another legendary weapon about as powerful as your kind of stratus will allow. You plundered it from a ghost ship during a particularly challenging campaign. This is the same old gamble against ship from which your accomplice at the time also plundered a set of extraordinarily powerful dice. You almost feel sorry for the adversaries you'll face tonight. They'll most likely pose neither team much challenge at all. Unless one of the links in the prototyping chain includes something especially huge and monstrous, but really, what are the odds of that happening? Mm, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, weird. 
Uh, and yeah, Aaron and his rifle kind, like Jade. I also do, man, Ahab's crosshairs is a fucking good name. It's a hell of a name for a weapon. Where's that destiny gun? Right? That'd be fucking dope, right? Where's my Homestuck reference in Destiny? <laughs> Where's my Homestuck? Oh, there's only one way, Molly. We gotta infect Bungie. We gotta get hired at Bungie. We gotta get him. We gotta get yep. him. Aridin, both of Riska. On the subject of your old accomplice rival, you guess you'll try talking to her one more time, even though you know she won't answer. You know she's bored shitless with you and your drama. You're almost starting to not care about this stupid doomsday device, which probably won't even work. She probably knows you know it won't work. She's probably put all the pieces together and knows it's elaborate ruse to be in cahoots with her again. And she just went along with it, playing you for a chump. You are such an idiot. This is the most teenager way of thinking. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Next. Uh, oh. And we see that Vriska was away <laughs> and had to kill her mom uh, during that whole time he was trying to talk yeah, to her. Yeah, Vriska was uh, kind of in a bit of a pinch. She was a bit of a mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see? No answer. Bored shitless, just like you thought. She has much hotter irons in the fire than you these days. Why won't this girl talk to me? <sighs> Why does she have a life of her own? Mm. Next. Mm. Yep. But it wasn't that long ago that you were the hottest iron. At the height of your prowess, the Seagriffs, Marquise Mindfang, and Orphaner Dualscar were an alliance in unmatched terror, and in competition, unbridled Tempest. Either way, spoils were typically traded in shares. No levels were left for anyone else to gain. None of the levels. This is actually pretty dope. So they used to be uh, role-playing partners. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. I do like that they were both pirates. Yes. Um, God, I just only thought which characters would each of them like in One Piece? Oh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, I'll, I'll cons- I don't, listen, I don't read or watch One Piece. I, much like Eve Online, I wait for news from the front for my best friend. <laughs> sure. Just like, yeah. I can't get into it now, but I'll let him tell me about it. But tell me about it. Yeah. yeah. Let me know. <laughs> We'll say, uh, props to the creator of One Piece for waiting 13 years to complete a Simon and Garfunkel bit. Christ. They mean a single dude with an afro called Gaimon, and then 13 years later, he introduces in another chapter a character called Sarfunkel. Great. It's like, Great. Dude, you waited 13 years for this fucking gag. Like, 13 fucking years. That's way too long. <sighs> yeah, One Piece is going on for way too long. I, I'm not gonna get into it now, yeah. but holy fucking shit. Listen, yeah. Next. She would have the victims of your conquest walk the plank. Oh, okay. And the plank is leading into the spider's Yeah, so Aridin helped her feed her mom. Yeah. Next. While you would reap the custodial spoils. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> well... It's rough, but kind of a circle of life thing in kind of a really roundabout, gross well, way. Well, it's a circle of life because society's that way. Yes, because their society's completely Yeah, fucked. it's one of those like, well, alright. I mean... <laughs> it's either this or die, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh, next. And while yet another partook not in revelry... 
but necessity. Yeah, Feffrey doesn't like that she has to feed her Lucis, huh? No, but she needs yep. to. Next. She had to keep her fed to keep her calm, to keep her terrible voice down. So similar situation to Vriska in a way, but... In a way. Yeah. Next. If she were to raise it above a whisper, trolls would begin dying. First, the lesser bloods, those more psychically susceptible. If she raised it to a shout, all on the planet would die. Land and sea dwellers alike. And if she were ever to get really upset, she might release the vast glub. A psychic shockwave that would exterminate every troll in the galaxy. Oh, okay. So they really need to keep her quiet. Right, so hey, just keep feeding her your parents, people. Yeah, and the other thing, Feferi never had to participate. She just kind of saw the dead bodies and got to bring them down and maybe didn't ask too many questions. Yeah, it was just like, well, this means I don't have to get my hands dirty and also means I save every one of our race. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. At least she doesn't, like, revel in it. And, yeah, no, that would be and bad. And to be fair, neither does Frisco, obviously. Like, Yeah, no, she doesn't seem like she likes it that nope, much. Nope, she's... Well, she really likes doing the role-playing stuff. Right. I don't know how much she likes killing. To make another Gundam reference, there is a uh, character in Thunderbolt, basically the main pilot who pilots the Gundam in that. Uh, he's a dude who's basically kind of been driven to the brink of insanity, thanks to war. And yeah. he, like, everyone just wonders, oh, why do you play jazz so loud in your cockpit on missions? And it's basically, at one point, a character remarks like, you know, because you can hear the screams of people dying in battle. He's just like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Next. In truth, it would be all too easy to solve the land dweller problem once and for all. You'd just need to lighten up on the feeding schedule for a while. Maybe you'd be a little too busy to bother with that hassle for once. Or maybe you could happen to be off your game for a spell. It happens, even to the best sometimes. But nah, it would make her upset. More emotions, more problems. That's all you need. Yeah. So, Aridin knows. He could kill all the land dwellers, but, but he doesn't really want to. He doesn't really want to. It'd make Feffrey sad, and that would make it him would make sad. Very would make Feffrey upset. Yeah. Yep. yep. The, there's no good ending here. Nope. He's got girl problems. <sighs> Sometime later. The Witch of Life takes her place in the land of dew and glass. This is cool. So, Feferi is the Witch of Life. Um, you can keep track of that, too, by the way, if you want to know which uh, troll is which class and aspect. We've got a few of them so I far. I know. Okay, so, Karkat is uh, Knight of Blood. Yep. I've already forgotten Tavros's. Fuck. Tavros is the Page of That's Breath. right. All right. And then you've got Feferi, Witch of Light, Life... Life. Life. Um, a radius has been mentioned. She's the maid of time. That's right. Okay. Because she's made of time. Get it? Oh god damn it! Okay. <laughs> um, and Vriska, we also have, is the thief of light. That's right. Okay. I believe that's all the ones we have so far. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Anyway. All right. Feffrey, report to Eridan. Uh, we can stay on the same characters if you want. Yeah, I... S- or we can swap. Uh, sorry, just, it's also... <laughs> it's so hard with the H's, Molly. It's really hard. It's really bad. I hate it. I don't like it. All right. 
Um, she does drop it after a while, actually. Maybe I'll voice it then. I don't know. Like it's just. I'll... Well, no, she's dropping it right now in this conversation. Just later on down the road. It's okay. I can take it though. No, I, I'll take it for now, Link. No, no, no. Go ahead. Keep doing your. Keep doing your. Uh, Aerodin. Okay, voice. sure. I do need to practice it anyway. Sure. Cuttlefish Color began trolling Caligula's Aquarium. Whew. Fef, are you in? Yeah. That took forever. I was getting worried, kinda. Yes, it was a pretty close call and got kind of complicated, but Solix finally came through and now I believe the full chain is complete. Man, that guy. He's a fucking drama machine. It is fucking pathetic. Your stupid fishy face is the drama machine. It does nothing but whine and glub. Fuck, sorry. Anyway, you shouldn't say that about him. He's a hero who saved my life. Yeah, sorry. I was just really worried and stressed out. I thought you were dead. And I didn't even get to thank you for saving my life or really anything. Sorry, let me start again. I didn't even get to thank you for saving my life or really for anything. And I just spent all this time here worrying and thinking about stuff. And aside, I have something I want to tell you. That I've been meaning to get off my nub for a while now. Oh, really? That's good! Actually, I have something I've been meaning to say to you, too. Whoa, really? Uh, what is it? You go first. Okay, but this isn't easy to say. Yeah, I know. It's... Okay, maybe I will understand more than you think. We might even be saying the same thing. Okay, I hope so. I think... Now that we're both in this game and left our world behind, and you can no longer pose the danger to our people that you always had planned to, I think it's not really necessary for me to be your Moirial anymore. Whoa. Wait, what? I really am sorry, Harridan. It's just been so hard looking after you and keeping you out of trouble. And it's taken us toll and honestly, I'm really exhausted. Fuck, this isn't what... I don't know what I wasn't expecting this at all. I'm not sure I can handle this. I'm sorry! It will be the best for both of us. We can just sort of be regular friends instead. No, please don't. Look, I'm being serious here. Don't do this. I won't even use my weird accent while I type, okay? So you know I'm being really dead serious and honest about this. Uh, okay. I'm being serious and honest too. See? Okay, good. Are you sure you aren't being hasty about this, you've just been through a lot. I mean, we are supposed to be fated to be morals, aren't we? Isn't that how it works? You can't just throw all that away because you're sick of me. I'm not sick of you, Aerodit. I still really like you. In order to be destined for more allegiance, both people have to be on board, don't you think? But I cannot do it anymore, so I think it just wasn't meant to be all along. And really, you just don't need me anymore. You're free to do as you wish. We both are. I can't look after you anymore. 
I didn't ever need anyone to look after me. I was totally fucking fine. My ambitions were noble. Really, none of your fucking business, quite frankly, your majesty. The only reason I put up with sticking my flipper in this fucking shithole quadrant with you was... Was what? Never mind. Tell me. Okay, fine. I apologize for losing my shit over this. I was just caught off guard as all, but maybe it's a good thing, really. Actually, I might... might have been proposing the same thing, to be honest. Oh? Yeah. Fef, have you thought about... since you don't want to be pale with me no more? The possibility of some other type of arrangement with me. What do you mean? I mean... something a bit more... Kind of reddish. Like... Brighter red. <gasps> no, I hadn't thought about it. Okay, well, what do you think about it? Now that you're thinking about it. Um... I really don't know about that. Why not? I thought you said you liked me. Well, I do. But I don't know if it's really in that way. Couldn't it be, though? Don't you think there's some room in your collapsing and expanding bladder-based aquatic vascular system for those feelings? I've never had a chance to consider anything like that. I've just spent all my time worrying about you and trying to keep you from killing anybody or hurting yourself. It took all of my energy. I don't think I have anything left for those feelings either. Oh, God. What? I'm the biggest fucking idiot who ever lived. I can't believe I just opened up to you like a chump when I knew what was coming. I'm one sad fucking brine sucker. Over-emotional, sappy trash. You're right, I'm not better than anybody. I'm worse than everybody. Everybody. All the buddies. Stop! God! Will you just clam up for once in your life? Always carping and carping and carping. You go completely overboard with your emotions... Always looking into real-end drama whenever you can. I am up to my gills in it. I just can't salmon the strength in it anymore. I cannot believe you are doing the fish pun thing while you're breaking up with me. Real nice. Whoops, I meant real nice. <laughs> Sorry. But really, this shouldn't be as bad as it sounds. When all is said and done, I'm still your friend... We've left our world behind. Everyone's dead, and there's no use worrying about it now. It's over. It's time to play this game and focus on building something new and exciting! So hang in there, Aridin. I have to go now. Solix is in serious trouble, and I have to go help him. Bye! Wait! Don't go! Cuttlefish Color Cease Trolling Caligula's Aquarium. Glub. Later, douchebag! Yeah, like... Bye, fucker. Can't, I don't have the emotional resources anymore. Like, she's tired. She's put up with his bullshit her entire life because they were said to be like meant for each other. Yeah, like don't let don't let destiny like that fucking determine this shit, no. especially if it's really killing you. Yeah, don't let destiny determine shit. Except for you know light levels. Yeah, yeah, light levels. Well, no, make your light level high. <laughs> <laughs> higher than what they can, higher than what they say is possible. In yeah, my to opinion. go even further beyond, yeah. Exactly. Next. 
Aridan smashes his face into his keyboard and hits the back of his head. Yeah. Yep. Like, I feel kind of sorry, but also, mm, been there. I fucking don't. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Ah. <sighs> oh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. It's still tough to read. It sucks, but also, fuck that yeah, dude. Yeah, it's one of the things where, like, man, this sucks, but also, yeah, this dude, nah. But also, you had it coming, my man. Yep. Sorry. Feffery, proceed to gate. Look at her Woo! go. You're free! <laughs> Don't need a tenth of this douchebag anymore! Nope, bye! <laughs> <laughs>